Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Jesus Christ is the good news of the gospel, but he wouldn't need to be the good news if there wasn't also some bad news. Pastor J.D. reminds us that there must be a literal heaven and a literal hell if there is also Jesus. You need to grasp the depth of the bad news to be thankful for the good news of Jesus and eternal salvation. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 22nd, 2020. This is Ezekiel chapter 33. Let me read verses 7 through 11. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, verse 9, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, He shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Therefore you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you say, If our transgressions and our sins lie upon us, and we pine away in them, how can we then live? Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? I don't want to yell, because I don't want you to think I'm angry. I don't necessarily want to cry either, because then that makes you uncomfortable. I know that, and I want to be sensitive to that. But how do I say this other than just to say, this is life and death we're talking about here. You know, when I see people now, I don't see people as anything but saved or lost, going to heaven or going to hell. I don't see people as right or left, Democrat or Republican, conservative or liberal. I I see people, and, and the Lord knows my heart. 
they're either saved and going to heaven, or they're lost and they're going to hell. I know that. I've had people suggest that, you know, Pastor J.D. lets his emotions get the best of him. Well, whatever. Guilty, I guess, as charged. And I also know that when you start preaching that God's judgment is coming, you know, fire and brimstone. <laughs> no, it's not like that. Actually, I think that this trumpet needs to be sounded. And the problem is it's not. And understand that the warning, the trumpet, is sounded that God's judgment is coming because God loves you so much. He takes no delight in judging the wicked, but He's a just God. And judgment is coming. And it's sooner than any of us might believe. I truly believe with all my heart Everything happening in the world today is pointing to the Great Tribulation. And what's interesting is the world, well, particularly the World Economic Forum, is couching it in terms of not the Great Tribulation, but the Great Reset, which is actually a misnomer, because it's not a restarting or a resetting of anything. It is a transformation of everything economically, governmentally, and even religiously. And again, I forgive me for repeating myself, but this is why it is life and death that you understand that God has told us in His Word that this is exactly what's going to happen. It's happening. It's happening. I believe that God is both shaking up and waking up people. And He's doing so vis-a-vis -vis this crisis in this world, so that we will let go of this world. Oh, come on, Pastor, you say that every week. Yes, I do. And I'm going to keep saying it. The problem is that many, sadly, have dug their roots down too deep into the temporal soil of this world and the things of this world. So this last week, I had a, I had a great week in the Lord, man. Just, I'm so thankful that I'm saved. You know how we always say it, I wonder what non-Christians do. How do they deal with all of this? Well, sadly, they go to the bottle, whether it's a bottle of pills or a bottle of alcohol. But this last week, just spending time with the Lord and pondering all of this, the Lord reminded me of the Israelites in Egypt and the plagues that God brought as judgment on Egypt. 
It was kind of apropos because my father is from Egypt, born in Egypt. So I spent some time in the Word and God just ministered to me something that I had not thought of before. I had not seen it in this way before. Think about this. The plagues weren't just God's judgment on Egypt. It was also so His people would want out of Egypt. I had never thought of it like that before. Now wait a minute. You're saying, Pastor, come on. They were slaves. I know. That's all they knew. I know. So why wouldn't they want to leave? Oh, you need look no further than to the book of Exodus. How many times they're murmuring and complaining. They've got selective memory, as it's been called. Remember when the manna? They were getting so sick and tired of the same thing every day. Manna today, manna tomorrow, manna the next day, manna, manna, manna. We want meat. And then they they had this kind of this reminiscing, traveling down memory lane. When we were in Egypt, we had this buffet of leeks and onions and What? Oh, you want to go back to Egypt? Yeah. Can we go back? Oh, maybe you didn't want to leave in the first place. Huh. Here's a question. How many Israelites would have been unwilling to leave had it not been for God bringing plagues on Egypt, which, by the way, is a type of the world. Egypt is a type of the world. Our greater than Moses, the deliverer who delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, his name is Jesus, and he delivers us out of the Egypt of this world, the slavery to sin. Moses is a type, a picture of Jesus. Here comes Moses saying, we're going to go. Let's go. Go where? Well, we're, we're out of here. Why, where are we going to go? Well, we're just going to trust the Lord. We're going to go. I'm here to deliver you. I don't want to be delivered. Oh, really? Okay. Pharaoh's not going to let you go anyway, right, right away. <laughs> so plague number one. I wonder how many Israelites after plague number one said, okay, let's go. I think for me, it would have been plague number two. Yeah, the frogs. Not frogs, the frogs. That would have got my attention. Hey, you have to understand, oh, you guys are good. <laughs> you're bad too, but you're good. <laughs> but you have to understand that every single one of those plagues were against one of the many gods of Egypt. Get this, they had over 3,000 gods. They had the frog gods. No, they worship frogs. They worship the Nile. God says, oh, you, you, you want to worship the Nile? Watch me now. Blood. You like frogs, do you? You like to worship frogs? Have some frogs. Yeah. 
I'm out. After plague number two, Moses comes. I'm like, Moses, come on, let's go. Let's get the show on the road. I'm ready. I wonder, plague number 10, when the angel of death comes and the firstborn son, interesting, dies. Unless on the house, the doorposts of your home, you had the blood of an innocent lamb on the top, a basin on the bottom, on the left and on the right in the shape of a cross, generations before the Roman crucifixion would ever be invented. A picture, a prophecy of the Passover lamb, Jesus the Christ. And that angel of death passes over us because he's the first begotten of God, the only begotten Son of God that died for us instead of us. So which of the ten plagues was the one that finally did it? Which of the ten plagues was the one that finally convinced them that God's judgment coming down was to take them out? You know where I'm going with this, so I'll get right to the point. Judgment is coming down, so we'll want out. Here's the truth. God's judgment is coming. I'm sounding the warning. I'm blowing the trumpet. But so too is Jesus coming. And that's the good news. That's the gospel. Now here's the thing. Preaching the gospel of salvation must also include the warning of coming judgment and damnation. This because, absent the reality of eternal damnation, one is prone to devalue eternal salvation. I was thinking about the Apostle Paul in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 16, and I kind of revisit it through this lens of the seriousness of eternal damnation bringing me to the richness of eternal salvation. The badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. And the, the bad news is really bad. It's really, really bad. Eternal damnation, that's pretty bad. Wouldn't you agree? And, and then when I saw it through that lens, it just brought afresh the heart of the Apostle Paul, who would say, for when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. And then he says this, woe to me, if I do not preach the gospel. You know what he's saying? 
a curse upon me. A curse upon me if I do not preach the gospel. And then to the Romans in chapter 1 verse 16 he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not going to be intimidated or embarrassed or cower or acquiesce. And here's why. Because it is the power, the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Let me see if I've got this straight. And please bear with me. We possess the most powerful news, good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, the power to save. And we're not sharing it. We're ashamed of it. We're intimidated because, man, if I do that, what are they going to think of me? Oh, spoiler alert, you have no idea what they already think of you. What have you got to lose? Yeah, but I don't want them to not like me. They already don't like you. <laughs> Was that a little bit too strong? Yeah, but I just, I don't want to be offensive. No, no. The gospel's offensive. See, I would rather offend somebody into heaven than flatter them into hell. I want to offend you into heaven. Because what the gospel says is, you're a sinner. Well, that offends me. Good. Good. You're getting in my face. Good. Because one day you're going to be face to face with God Almighty. What is the gospel? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 4. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, paramount importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, fulfilling prophecy, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the Gospel. It's not the first time the Apostle Paul writes, about what the gospel is. You know the first time he writes it? It's in his first epistle, the very first epistle as we just studied through 1 Thessalonians verse by verse. This was the very first epistle that the Apostle Paul wrote. And would you believe that he would share the gospel, preach the gospel, remind them of the gospel in the context of the rapture? Listen to what he says. Verse 13, 1 Thessalonians 4, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. 
For we believe, here's the gospel, first time, that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring Jesus with Jesus, those who have fallen asleep in Him. You know what that means? Those who died in Christ, at the rapture of the church, the dead in Christ will rise first. That's the bodily resurrection. Wait a minute. Oh, wh- where are they? Oh, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. This is their, their new bodies. My daughter Noel, her new body. My mommy, her new body. My daddy, I hope, I believe, his new body. They will rise first. And then we, he goes on to say, according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, you know who that is? That's us! That's us! (laughs) That's you! That's me! That's us! That's we! We're a we! We who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep in death, for the Lord Himself will come down from... This is the gospel. Good news. The Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up. Harpazo in the Greek, rapturous in the Latin Vulgate. So we get our English word transliterated, rapture. We will be caught up, raptured up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I can't read that enough, especially in this world now. Because it's easy to get discouraged, isn't it? Be encouraged. Be encouraged. This is the good news that Jesus died, He was buried, He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back. Any day now, perhaps today. This is why we do these weekly prophecy updates, and it's why we, let me say it like this, help me Holy Spirit. As long as I have breath, And as long as I have this profound privilege of standing behind this pulpit, in this God's church, with my last breath, with every breath I have, I'm going to preach Christ and Him crucified. Period. I'm not going to preach any other gospel. Thanks for joining us for this special Mid-East Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. 
All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked. We do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, but all the while, we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mid-East Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.